This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. In the HBO hit series The Last of Us, a lethal fungus learns to hijack the human brain, turning its victims into zombies whose sole purpose is to spread fungal spores to other human hosts. Fungi seem harmless enough. Many species know otherwise because there are some fungi who seek not to kill, but to control. Let me ask you, where do we get LSD from? Where do you get it from? <laughs> it comes from ergot, a fungus. Psilocybin, also a fungus. Viruses can make us ill, but fungi can alter our very minds. The fungus in the show has captured the imagination of fans, making them wonder, could something like this really happen? Well, the answer is yes, but only if you're an insect. Here to tell us more is Matthew Nelson, mycologist and evolutionary biologist at the Field Museum. Great to have you here in studio, Matthew. Thanks so much for having me. So I just want to get the burning question on everyone's mind out of the way. Is the fungal apocalypse just around the corner? I would I would say no. Uh, there's okay. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, there's certainly a number of fungi that are uh, very parasitic and nasty for humans out there. Uh, but we fortunately have some medicines that we're able to treat those with. There are certainly concerns, though, that some of these might evolve resistance to some of those. Have you been watching the TV series? I have been. Yeah. What do you think? I'm I'm really enjoying it, and I'm thrilled to see fungi in the limelight, even if it's in a negative <laughs> context. I'm hoping that uh, people will see that there's far more to them than these nasty ones portrayed. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to help you help us dig into this a little bit more. As I alluded to in that intro, this zombie fungus in the show, it's got the ability to take over a brain. And this is based on a real fungus out there in the world, right? Correct. Explain. Correct. Uh, so there's a group of, of fungi that they refer to in there as cordyceps or ophiocordyceps. And there's a group that uh, has been attacking ants for about 50 million years. Uh, they seem to be specialized on those groups of insects, and they begin growing inside the ant. And over time, they start growing into the head, around the brain, and they start to make chemicals uh, that end up causing uh, the ant, it seems like, to hallucinate or possibly like uh, have seizures and such. And so the ant starts to behave very unusually, mm -hmm. and it will then do something it doesn't normally do, which is climb up a plant, up a tree or a small shrub, and it will bite onto that plant very hard and die right there, hanging up there in the air And it like does that. that because of the fact that it, it got infected? Correct. So that behavior is something that's very unusual that it shouldn't be doing, and that's actually to the fungus, to the benefit of the fungus, because now the fungus can digest the insides of the ant, and then when it's finished, it needs to move on to a new host. And so it will produce spores, the fungal version of seeds, that it can then kind of broadcast out from that elevated position that it's at now and infect other ants. So by getting up high like that, it's able to use wind and gravity to help move its spores. Interesting. So, And this happens a lot? It does. Um, there's actually some records from Illinois, but most of these group, most of these uh, tend to be more diverse in the tropics. So in that clip that we heard from the, the show, the, the scientist refers to the fact that hallucinogens like psilocybin, they're derived from fungi. Is that what is causing it to control the behavior of the insect? I think there's a lot that's kind of unclear, but it does seem as though um, there is some good evidence that the fungus is producing uh, some chemicals similar to, uh, he talked about uh, ergot uh, in there. This is something that makes these alkaloids um, and something that's very similar to LSD, basically. And there is some evidence that that fungus is uh, producing a compound similar to that uh, that wow. might be infect or impacting the ant. Yeah. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Matthew Nelson, who's a research scientist at the Field Museum. And we are discussing a species of fungi that has the ability to control the behavior of its host. This concept has recently been put into the spotlight. This is due to the popularity of the HBO series The Last of Us, where one such fungus actually turns humans into zombies. So the fungus, I just want to make sure I understand this, Matthew, the fungus that can control an insect can't infect humans. Correct. Uh, Why not? There's a couple of reasons. So in general, we are breathing in spores constantly. There's all sorts of microscopic spores in the air, but we have a very uh, strong immune system that's able to uh, prevent the growth of these fungi. We also have a, we're warm-blooded, and so we have a very, you know, warm body temperature, and that is something that's not very conducive to the growth of most fungi. Uh, so the, the, those kind of two defenses um, would be, um, help prevent us uh, from being infected. I and, see. And so, these things have just been with, these have been with ants for about 50 million years, so switching from an insect to a human would require lots and lots of evolutionary change. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so the the fungi, they don't infect humans because our bodies are too warm. They can't survive our body temperatures. But on the show, <laughs> I, gotta, I, keep, yeah, I, yeah. I keep bringing it back to the <laughs> show, which is the reason why we're, we're chatting about this in the first place. It's based around the idea that all the fungi need to do is evolve to a warmer temperature. So, you know, if the planet warms, for instance, the planet is warming. So what do you think? Uh, is that all it would take? I think I think it would take more because even then uh, our immune systems would be able to fight it off unless we have a, a severely compromised uh, immune system. And the way in which the um, fungus spreads is, is kind of different from in reality <laughs> as well. Oh, okay, explain. Uh, so there, um, it's spreading by people eating it, and basically, or it's by excuse me, by people biting other people, and it's being transmitted that way. And in reality, this this fungus is spread by spores that uh, other ants will come into contact with. So the, the the fungus would have to evolve significantly to be able to infect humans, but could it be manipulated maybe in a lab setting? I think that would require a lot, a lot of work, but it's tough to tough to say. I think there have been some studies where people have tried to um, select for fungi that would be able to grow at a, a higher temperature, but I, I, I think still there's going to be an awful lot of evolutionary changes required for it to kind of combat our immune system. I see. How many of these types of, of fungus are there, and, and where do they actually exist in the wild? So this is part of a group um, where there's about 30 to 40 species. Uh, They primarily are in the tropics, but they do extend into kind of uh, more temperate areas, like there's been a record in Illinois even. Um, And this is part of, uh, so, but this is, as as I'm saying, it's it's just a very small group of fungi. So 30 to 40 species. We know of about 120,000 species out there, and so most of them are not able to to do this sort of behavior. You know, you, you've mentioned before, Matthew, feeling that mycology is understudied. Why do you think that is? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one is just people tend to think of them as nasty things, and they're uh, kind of turned off by them. Uh, they definitely and I mean, are... for, for those who aren't clear on what we're talking about when mm-hmm. we say mycology, maybe give us that basic definition. Sure. So mycology is the, the study of fungi. Fungi are a, a group of organisms that uh, are actually more closely related to animals than they are to plants. And 
this is a very diverse group where we know of 120 to 150,000 species, but we know that we don't know a lot. And there's estimates that there's anywhere from one to five million species out there. So people are constantly documenting new diversity and we're constantly learning more That's about a lot. how these work. Yes. <laughs> That's a lot. So tell, tell me more about why you feel like it's, it's understudied. I think part of it has to do with just kind of people's perception. Um, there's not always a ton of money in it. <laughs> I mm. think that is part of it, or jobs um, can be somewhat limited as well, but there certainly are those those opportunities out there. What made you want to study it? I just found them fascinating. I took a, a course in college uh, partially because I just thought it seemed like a strange thing to take a course in, and I had the opportunity <laughs> to, and uh, was completely blown away by it. And the more I learned, the more fascinated I became. And uh, I had a number of people who were very generous and allowed me opportunities to continue researching this. And just the more I learned, the yeah. more fascinating. Well, do you feel like anything's changing at all as far as uh, mycology being studied? Are are there more people like you out there? I think there's getting to be more and more. And it's really exciting to see um, fungi in the news so much lately. And I think that's really piquing people's interest and opening their eyes to um just how important they, they are and how much diversity is out there. I'm trying to imagine your uh, reaction when you first <laughs> saw the trailer for, <laughs> for that TV series. <laughs> Were you like, yes, this is my moment? <laughs> yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> I was quite excited, yeah. Were the TV stations and radio shows calling you before this? No, not, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it sounds to me... Like we're probably safe from you know zombie fungi for now, but um, you say that there are other species that could be a threat. Talk to us about those. Sure. So there's um, a number of other species that have evolved to to infect humans. Um, things like athlete's foot, ringworm, thrush. Those are ones that tend to be kind of more minor infections. But there's things like uh, coccidioides uh, that tends to be much more detrimental. That's something that gets in the lungs. And one of the concerns with uh, climate change is that the conditions that some of these fungi need to um, persist in are uh, that climate change might kind of broaden the range of these conducive conditions and allow them to kind of spread and us to come into contact with them more frequently. Oh, I see. Well, it sounds like you're excited about the celebrity that mycology is experiencing right now because of this this hit HBO show. What is the next celebrity fungus, you think? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. I was excited on Saturday Night Live the other, <laughs> the other night. They had, uh, oh, what did they do? They had a Super Mario Kart uh, sketch with Pedro Pascal on it, and he was eating mushrooms as he does in the video <laughs> games and everything. So probably more mushrooms will be <laughs> in the celebrities. <laughs> Any other fungi you want to shout out that you especially love? I'm, I'm Lethal quite, or otherwise? I'm quite partial to uh, all the mutualists out there, especially things like lichens or mycorrhizal fungi that um, partner with plants and algae and things like that. But yeah, there's just a never-ending supply of really fascinating ones. Yeah, well, this is all very cool stuff. That was Matthew Nelson, mycologist and evolutionary biologist for the Field Museum. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks Great so much. shirt. Thank you.